You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. And so great agents all across the state of Mississippi. They'll take care of you with home life, auto, whatever you need. Our good friends at Farm Bureau, Charlie Winfield, good morning. It kind of feels like fall. Felt great yesterday morning early when we got to the stadium. Of course, it was an early call for us. I got there about uh, about 7.30 yesterday morning. It was cool. It was early, low 50s yesterday morning. It was. Now, I guess the good thing, didn't have to walk far from the car. Plenty of parking. <laughs> plenty of room to spread out. Uh, it's just going to happen with a MAC team at 11 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a season, particularly when you've had this many home games. Yeah, five home games in six weeks. And this was essentially the game that we've been playing in week 11. You know, when you play East Tennessee State, you have Tennessee State. Those games have been at night. And we haven't had big crowds at all. But then you play Western Michigan at, you know, 11 a.m. in the morning. You're not looking for a big crowd, especially – both season in session now. Oh, I was looking for one. Well, <laughs> just <laughs> just couldn't find it. Yeah. Hey, thanks to the folks that came to the game yesterday. And, hey, by the way, thanks to the fine gentleman who walked up yesterday in the postgame show at uh, Bulldog Burger Company. I will not say the name because I will not embarrass. And he says, listen, go buy Strange Brew in the morning. I'm going to buy you and, co- you and Charlie coffee. And so, but daggum, if I didn't walk in a Strange Brew this morning and on the board where they have it there where – They'll, somebody has bought a cup of coffee for an engineering grad who he has a 3.5 GPA, whatever. This morning it had Bart, a tall boy of blueberry cobbler, and for Charlie, a large drip coffee. Which is the way coffee was intended. And so thank you very much. It, it is fantastic. And we are drinking it this morning. Here in the Farm Bureau studios, and of course, we are brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew with three locations, one here in Starkville. That's the original on Highway 12 and Spring Street. And then in Tupelo and Brupolo and Tuscaloosa as well, Turning Spoon Ice Cream. So make that place a part of your day, the way to start your day. And they also have great treats, even if it's keto-friendly, sometimes some gluten-free stuff, even if you're trying to... Look to lose a little weight, but they've got some really good treats as well. But go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship you that great coffee. I make coffee in the office every day that comes from Strange Brew. I go by and buy the grounds. You can get the pods. To me, the grounds are just better than pods. But at Strange Brew, they're all good. So strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they will ship you all of that great stuff. All right, Charlie, 11 a.m. kick yesterday. You brought this up a few weeks ago, and so it was in the back of my mind yesterday about when we play a home football game, even though we're doing the post-game show afterwards, about how little the game you get to watch. Because yesterday, I had a ton of people just walking up just wanting to chat. Yesterday was just a conversational-type game where you showed up, you thought you were going to win big, and so everyone was just kind of there in a jovial mood. 
Oh, eh. jovial's a bit of a stretch. Well, and then it kind of changed a little bit. So, going, Wait, who are you talking to that was jovial? I haven't talked to many of those people. Really? Yeah, uh, I'm not. I don't want to start naming names, man. I, I, I deal with glass half full people. No, jovial implies something closer to completely full. Um, I don't. I wouldn't go so far to say like in the doldrums, but I would have described the mood more as one of melancholy. Because what happened yesterday, here was the problem with yesterday's game. There was nothing you could do that was going to make people happy, me me included. Meaning, if you go out and you win that ball game 49-7, to all you did was beat a team from the MAC 49-7 to without their starting quarterback, without their starting running back. Whose backup quarterback, quarterback went down early, starting wide receiver went down early. They're playing their third-string quarterback, who, by the way, had a great day. I thought you brought up a great point yesterday on the postgame show. I laughed about it last night driving home. Just all of a sudden just started giggling. I bet, I bet the kid's mom didn't even watch. I know. <laughs> and, you know, all of a sudden, John's on TV. Why did we blow this transfer? <laughs> Should have stayed at Old Dominion. Hey, they went, they went to Southern Miss last night, pulled off the big win. And so, yeah, probably out at a local festival. Just kind of checking the scores now and then. Meanwhile, son Hayden's gone 27 of 35 for 262 and three touchdowns. Uh, all right, so let's just get into this. I don't, I don't want any more of your jovial stuff because uh, <laughs> that, that's just you're selling false hope here. Here is the bottom line. We can go throughout this season and we can talk about the issues that we've had offensively, but yesterday – does not provide us new material to complain about that. The offense was good enough. You scored 40-something points. You're good enough. You drove the ball down the field for points your first drive. You hadn't done that all year. You came back, you got a touchdown the next time. You're up 17 to nothing in the game. But the concern after the defense had played well, I say played well, they had you know, they'd gotten off the field, right? The first couple of drives – what do you have? You have a team that gets it to the 47, turns it over on downs. You put your offense in a good spot. Then you force a punt. Then you force another turnover on downs. Faced opponent, by the way, went for it on fourth down six times yesterday. So Western Michigan, turnover on downs, punt on a three and out. Turnover on downs, three and out, three and out, and you're feeling good. And then 14 play, 75-yard drive. Five play, 26-yard drive right before the half on a drive that was gifted to him. Missed a field goal, thankfully. But then touchdown, touchdown, turnover on downs, touchdown. Well, it has the feel a little bit. It was almost the same play as we saw against Arizona. Who, by the way, looking back at that one, that's actually a pretty good win right there. They went last night to Southern Cal, got beaten three overtimes at six-ranked Southern Cal. I don't think they even had DeLara, did they? I don't think so. So they are better. And – Man, the second half against Arizona, that's the one that started raising all the question marks. And then again yesterday, we played well early, right before the end of the half, just like Arizona did. They get some confidence. And then the second half, you you just scratch and claw to find some stops. Now, luckily, we came up with a big stop in the third quarter on, what, a fourth, and, fourth down and one, and we got a big stop there. But I'll tell you what, hey, if I'm Western Michigan today – there's a couple things I'm thinking of. One of it is I didn't get that fourth down play because I've been scoring at will on every drive. And two, 
I pull over whoever ran into the kicker and say, boy, what are you doing? You ran into the kicker on just a 27-yard field goal. Give them the points. We They run into him. Fury's hurt now. So, I mean, we got all kind of issues. But then it gives us another chance. Seth Davis runs it in on the next play. We score a touchdown, and we're ahead 31 to 21, or 31 to 31 to 14 instead of you know, 27 to 14. They drive right back down and score. Could have made it a one possession game. I mean, we played that whole fourth quarter in a two possession game, in a 10 point game, essentially. If the guy doesn't run to the, to the kicker, I mean, it's a lot tighter than, you, than that. And again, it goes back to the inability to stop completions. We just don't. And the the thing about it is, so yesterday Wolf goes 27 to 35, but on balls between 0 and 20 yards down the field, he was 20 of 21. I mean, we, we're not doing anything to disrupt the passing underneath. It's, um, you know, it's, it's concerning. You, know, you hate to say the term, we are what we are, and... I never would have thought that uh, we would be be right here. I mean, we uh, and I will never. Hey, this is we'll never call out players. We're not calling out players, and we got guys. Some of those guys are played extremely hard. We had some guys yesterday. Crumity was pretty good yesterday. We had some guys on the defensive uh, on the defensive side yesterday. Ellington was pretty good. Don Terry Russell was pretty good yesterday. Um, but I don't know if it's in a physical nature, I don't know if it's in a mental nature of just trying to hesitate, trying to figure out what you're doing, but something is making us slow. Yeah, I think that's – And I, I, like I said, I don't know if it's just line up and run the 40 and quote-unquote that guy is not as fast as a lot of other people or if the hesitation of what we're doing, something is making us pretty slow on defense. Well, and the other thing that we saw yesterday – Man, this participation chart looks a lot different than it did week one. It did. We are. Yep. Um, We're getting pretty thin. Yeah, it, and it seems to get worse. And that's the thing. I, I know there will not be a lot that comes out, I would guess, from that building in terms of injuries. But I think they're going to be – I think there's some concern today about who's going to be back and when. We need it. If there's a team ever that needs a week off, it's us right now. We need a week to clear. We need these guys to be able to go back home for a couple of days and wear their jumpsuits at their, at their high school football games on Friday night, let the coaches get out of the office and recruit. I think everybody just needs just a, a clean couple of days. It's almost like getting beat out of the SEC tournament in baseball. Sometimes, sometimes that's a good thing for you, just to be able to clear your head a little bit before you start NCAA tournament play. Sometimes that little break from a mental standpoint is what everybody needs. No, I think that's where we are. Hey, you, you hit on recruiting, and I wonder, and you, you almost feel like, I don't know, I don't almost feel like, I do feel like, where I would have been in my mind in terms of how those numbers are going to look, you know, you, you th- we think about recruiting so much as going out and seeing high school kids on Friday nights, but I think there probably needs to be an equal time of watching some other college games. Yeah, right? watching – Reading some Twitter accounts, seeing who's unhappy. And, and kind of to that point, I've had a lot of people send me some different Twitter posts. You know, you get these cryptic posts that go up. Some of that's just people seeking attention. Some of it is people who aren't happy. But, you know, at some point, I think just as much as it is going to find other people, I think 
you've got to get to a spot too where you just say, "All right, take off." Is it um, from a recruiting standpoint? What's the better thing? Is it going after a guy at a and because none of it's perfect? Okay, is it going after you know the the guy from yesterday who was a quarterback for is a Wolf, the quarterback at Old Dominion? All right, if you bring Wolf into your program and he has a bad game, do you say, well, the kid just couldn't play at this level? He's not used to the speed. But then you go out and you get a kid who may be the third-string quarterback at Texas or a Power Five, Kansas State, or if you go out and get a guy at Miami. Oh, by the way, I want to talk about Miami in a minute. And then you bring him in, he doesn't perform. Then you say, well, he wasn't good enough to play at Miami. Why do we think he was good enough to play here? I mean, there's a there's a lot of digging that you got to do to figure out from a transfer standpoint, who fits, and it's hard to project. So let's even take it into a smaller level. Think about college basketball a minute. If you look at Alabama right now, they've brought in a number of group of five guys, the mid-majors rather. Yep. Okay? They've brought in transfers from mid-majors and are now going to ask those guys to take a step forward. I think you could have an interesting discussion in basketball. Hey, if we take a guy who's performing at a – reasonably high level. I mean, obviously, you know a star when you see a star. But when you take a guy who's performing at a high level at a G5, excuse me, I'm using the football terminology, mid-major, would you rather have that or a guy who's been playing okay at D1? Yeah. I, again, I'm using high major. Excuse me. I'm, I'm botching the terms. You get the idea. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm there with you. Would you rather take the guy who is the starting center at Evansville or would you rather take a guy like Jimmy Bell? Yeah, it's a, or let's say you had gotten down into a situation where you need a five and it's Jimmy Bell, or you need a guard and it's Andrew Taylor, but you could only take one. All right? yeah. So do you want the guy who's been playing at Marshall, been doing well? Or do you want the guy who's been a serviceable – he's been a starter for Bob Huggins. Yeah. Not great, not all conference – but understands the speed of the game, understands the nature of the battles, understands the physicality. And so, and I also wonder, is that different in football than it is in, in basketball? Because, for example, in football, look, you would love to go get – if you've got somebody who you've got a book on as a starting quarterback at another school for four years, you know what you've got, right? You can evaluate. I think the issue and part of the challenge is, what do you do when you're taking somebody's backup? And we've seen backups work. I mean, go way back in time. Remember when Brandon Stewart and Peyton Manning both signed at Tennessee? Yep. And Brandon Stewart ends up at Texas A&M, pretty good quarterback. It's not Peyton Manning. But he was a good quarterback. But he's a good quarterback. So, I don't know. It's interesting. But I think that's one of those things that we I, – I have to think, though, that to get back to the original point, the allocation between high school and older guys has to have changed in people's minds – and I almost think as much as people get excited about recruiting rankings, that maybe this is the year where you just say, we don't care. Well, I was about to go there, too. From a recruiting ranking standpoint, and understand how recruiting offices work. And I think that's one of the things that, that I do like about what we're doing now is allowing an assistant coach and allowing our coaches who understand the game, who – who play with these guys every single day and try to develop these guys when they get here, allowing assistant coaches to make the determination of who's offered a scholarship and not a guy who's a recruiting analyst who never played a game 
to sit in an office in the air condition and watch tape and say, no, 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 you don't need to offer that guy. That kid at the, you know, at North Forest High School isn't as good as this kid looks on film at this high school in Texas. Yeah, because the difference is you learn a lot more about kids showing up and watching yes, 7 sir. o'clock practice on a Wednesday morning. Our recruiting still on the ground. Right. Our recruiting philosophy has changed this year comparative to the last two, three years, to which is probably to the good. And a lot of people ask the question, and, hey, I'm, I'm not making excuses whatsoever right now. Uh, it's just bottom line fact. And, that, hey, it's not just me. You talk to a lot of people throughout the state from a coaching standpoint and people that know. We have changed our philosophy as far as recruiting, allowing – High, allowing the college coach with the relationships to to recruit instead of the guy sitting back at the office. So well, think about this: there have been guys who we refuse to offer who later signed with Alabama. There have been guys that we refuse to offer until after they had committed to another Power Five program. That's and it isn't because the assistant coaches and, and they're all gone now, but. but yeah, the people, people we're talking – the people that we are subliminally talking about right now are no longer on this campus. And you just can't run it that way. No, no, you can't. Because what happens is, is you say, well, that kid in Georgia or that kid in Texas is better than this kid at this place. And then by the time, like you said, as you you get strung along by that kid or this away from here, and then all of a sudden you get back on the guy you should have been on to start – and then you're toast because Alabama or somebody else has come in there to recruit the kid that you could have gotten easily. Yeah, and so – Is that enough cryptic conversation right there? Well, probably. I think it does speak to a little bit of the trouble we're having defensively right now. Uh, but there is – look, this is a multifaceted problem. Um, there's, there's a lot that we are going to have to do different defensively. And right or wrong, good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't matter how we got here at some point. It's got to get figured out, and we got six games to do it. And I would argue that we have some of the most important games that we've had in a long time coming up in two weeks, man. Uh, it's like whatever you got, whatever motivational speech you have, whatever magic sideline props you have, what, whatever it is, this is the week. Whatever guest speakers, if we got to castrate a hog, <laughs> whatever we got to do, it is the time. Yeah. I think uh, I wonder if Strat still has that knife. <laughs> so think about this, too. So I very, very rarely do I find myself in the position of hoping Ole Miss wins. But if you believe like I do that the most important game we're going to play all season is the next one. There's Arkansas. It's on the road. It's going to be tough. But Arkansas's got Alabama coming up. What if? Because we're in a time and place where you just kind of have to accept it's part of it. Fan bases don't take well to losing. And Arkansas's fan base is not at all taking well to losing. And we are sitting here with them about to play Alabama, maybe losing five games in a row. Yeah, we need them in disarray when we go up there in two weeks. That's exactly what we need. Now, I'm not sitting there saying last night that I was, you know, had the, had the powder blue on uh, at all. <laughs> at, at all. Hey, neither – I didn't think either one of those teams played well last night. Now, hey, this is not me misdirecting right here because I don't – we just did not play as well as I would have hoped yesterday. I know we won, and I know you, there's no way to win what we – you know, when you're playing Western Michigan. 
But, man, I looked around the country last night. I pulled it up, and I was watching different games, and I, I watched football all night last night. That is the positive about playing an 11 a.m. football game. Is like last night, I was like a kid in a candy store. And so I watched um, I watched the Ole Miss game. I watched the Arkansas, Ole Miss-Arkansas game. I watched some of the Colorado-Arizona State game. I want TCU's not any good. Everybody got all crazy about Colorado beating TCU to start to get, start the year. TCU's not any good. Did you see the end of the Miami Georgia Tech game? Everybody wanted Mario Cristobal. Everybody said Mario Cristobal is the greatest thing in the world. We got to get him back to Miami. And then what they pulled last night is is inexcusable. Could have could have taken a knee, ran the clock out, ran the game out, and been done with it. But instead, instead gave it to a running back who fumbled, and then Georgia Tech throws a touchdown pass with one second to go in the game. And that's easy coaching. Nick Saban did the same thing yesterday. From a standpoint late in the game, all you've got to do is take a knee in College Station and get out of there. They try to throw a pass on first down. And so just luckily, it all timed out perfectly where the guy could throw an airmailed high pass to run out the clock. But Alabama almost blanked the bed yesterday. Well, so I, so you bring up a point that I've been – in fact, this morning I woke up and I started listening to podcasts from other schools, their postgame shows. Pull up an A&M, pull up an Alabama, pull up a Notre Dame. Whew, boy, howdy. Boy, Notre Dame didn't look good. And so one of the things I think I've kind of come to the conclusion of, well, I don't even have to say kind of, I have come to a conclusion. College football is in a bad place as a product overall right now. And this isn't, again, to use, as you said earlier, this isn't deflecting. We didn't do what we need to do, didn't play as good as we needed to play and hadn't been, and we don't. there's no excuse for being where we are, et cetera. So all those things out of the way. But college football is a product right now, and a lot of it is, you, is there things that you would normally say are coaching. I would normally say that it's coaching that you can't have enough men on the field. I just wonder if the portal, I don't want to say is destroying football, but I wonder if it is affecting the quality of play. Oh, I, I think so, too. I think it is. How many games are you watching right now? You start you start talking about continuity. I mean, that's the big word. Nobody has any continuity whatsoever. Maybe Georgia, maybe Alabama. They recruited a lot of these guys out of high school that keep them in progress. But, it, but even, even Alabama is going out and getting a bunch of transfers. Alabama, excuse me. Hang on. I want to go back to Notre Dame a minute. Notre Dame's playing Ohio State a few weeks ago. A chance to knock off a top ten team. A chance to have that elusive marquee win at home, under the lights. All those things Notre Dame hasn't been able to do under Brian Kelly or anybody else. And the final two plays of the game. It all comes down to this. The biggest moment of the year, and we've got ten guys out on the field for the final two. Minus a down tackle of where they ran the football. Then take Florida. Florida rolls out there with a play two weeks ago or a week ago. With 13 guys on the field, they run a defense and still give up the points, by the way. You look at the things that are taking place, and a lot of times you would just scratch your head and say, what is going on? But it's not, it's not just one school. And beyond the transfer portal in terms of just who can come and go, um, you know, that's one classic way you think about it. Well, we didn't have the continuity of players. We didn't develop them. These guys are gone. I also wonder the degree to which even a Nick Saban, even these guys who are known as being these legendarily tough disciplinarians, 
are having to change the way they coach because the balance of power has shifted. In the NFL, you at least know I've got this guy signed to a four-year contract or a three-year contract. I can do what I want to do. Yep. Every college football player in America, at least those who haven't transferred, are effectively on a three-month contract with their school. And I wonder, and that's why one of the reasons, and you've heard me talk about how much I love Chris Jans as a coach. It's amazing to me that Chris Jans can get away coaching the way he does in today's game. But you mentioned Chris Jans and, and guys like him. All right, which, hey, you talk about another podcast for another day about the world of analytics, about having so many analysts. You talk about Alabama. You talk about Florida, whose coaching staff is – I mean, the, that staff is amazing how, how huge it is. I mean, they made a big deal out of it a couple of years ago. We got the biggest staff of anybody in the country. Are there too many voices? Are there too much analytics? Is it clouding the water of making just sound decisions? And getting away from the fundamental premise that you win and lose football games right now with two things, with a good quarterback and dominating the line of scrimmage. All right, you brought up a good point right there. You start talking about the product of college football. I don't know if it's just college football. It may be football in general. The NFL is talking about the possibility, and they've been talking about this for years, about expanding. Do we expand into Europe? Do we put a team in London? Do we put a team in Frankfurt or wherever over there? Do you put two teams overseas? Do you expand the NFL? All right, so I ask you this question. In a league right now, if you watch all the games today, you're going to see some teams in the NFL who don't have quarterback. I mean, you are going to thin out. You only have, out of what, 28 NFL teams, 20, whatever, how many NFL teams there are, you've probably only got – 15, 16, like really, really, really good quarterbacks. And so now all of a sudden you're thinning out the process. It's the same thing you go through in baseball when you talk about expansion in Major League Baseball. Is the pitching going to get thinned out that much more? Yeah, I mean. There just isn't enough of it. There's a lot of teams right now that are still that are in place who don't have a quarterback. If you ask the New York Giants right now, a guy, they're paying a guy $47 million, Daniel Jones, and he was the best – Probably the best that college football had to offer a few years ago. But doesn't it – I think in football, basically, though, don't you just have to have the mindset? And it's hard to do. But in college football, you remember there were plenty of years back when Jackie was here. And I'm not setting that up as the, the gold standard of how to run a program. Don't take me wrong. Or you just signed three. I, I think back when Georgia signed Matt Stafford, and they were signing the number one – you know, or maybe not the number one, but they were signing five-star quarterbacks every year, knowing some of them weren't going to work. I mean, aren't you almost in that spot now? Maybe where you go back to the year we signed uh, Aries Nelson and like two other guys. Surely, to goodness, one of them can play. <laughs> I think we were over three, but you get the idea. Um, anyway, I, I say all that to say this: I think the product of college football. I don't want to say it's worse. I think it's different right now. Is you turn on these podcasts. I don't think I've found a fan base that's happy right now that likes their secondary. Yeah. Other than Georgia, Georgia finally played like Georgia yesterday. Yeah. Well, he's talking about just recruiting a bunch and of admittedly, different admittedly, I did kind of seek out the people who lost. <laughs> so, but what you come back to <laughs> I want to see how every, I want to see how the other half feels. Well, but not the other half, our half feels. <laughs> there was a there was a great line somebody had in one of these Notre Dame shows and they said, you know, there's the old saying Everybody has a good game plan. Do you get punched in the mouth? Uh, the problem was 
Notre Dame didn't even have a good game plan before they got punched in the mouth. You know, that it was doomed from the beginning. Um, so all that to say, I think at the end of the day, the idea, I think what you're looking for now is a fan. Well, I think what you're going to have to adjust, at least what I'm going to have to adjust to looking for, are wins. And I think you're going to have to kind of just understand it ain't going to be pretty anymore. But you know who is pretty, Bart? Well, and that would be our friends at Cannon Ford. Nah, I don't know. I've seen Chris Keen. Well, Chris is a decent guy, His though. His deals are pretty. His deals are pretty. As far as what they can do to your car, if you got a big old ding in it, is they can make it pretty again in the body shop. And also the service center as well. And so, of course, if you're looking for a newer used car, they're the place to go. They can find you. You talk about finding a lot of different quarterbacks, a lot of different variety. They can find you any kind of variety you want of a vehicle. They have all these dealerships around the state that they can call and talk to. And if they don't have it on the lot, they can find whatever you want for you. And that's our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. Their maintenance department's now open on sat, um, on Saturdays between 8 and 12. And, of course, during the week, everybody's life is crazy. Sometimes you don't have a chance to get by there on a Thursday afternoon. You may have soccer that night or a junior high football game. But now on Saturdays from 8 to 12, all you guys out there that you're looking to do something nice for your wife or just get out of the house on a Sunday morning, everything's crazy, and you just want to get away from everything, you can go to the service center at Cannon Ford. And you can get your brakes changed. I don't know that getting her brakes changed is what she's going to be looking for. Buy her a new car. Well, I mean, if you're like mine, you got to you know, put gas in the vehicle to get there. So that's that's the whole key. Well, that's my truck. She drives a Tesla now. That's another story for another day as well. But anyway, oil changes, batteries, new tires, brakes. Go by and see our friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. Charlie, you talked about yesterday about melancholy. And you want to know who I'm around all day? Who is jovial? I was around David Perkins yesterday. Saw David. Emmy's doing some work with you, the Bulldog Initiative. So I went by, saw those guys. And, uh, of course, David is with Howard Technology Solutions, selling all those great computers. And you can buy all of that great technology, whether it be audiovisual, whether it be needing new monitors, anything you need for your business to make it better in this technology world, go to howardcomputers.com, and they can find you whatever you need. Mr. Billy Howard started that company back in the 1960s, a former three-sport letterman at Mississippi State, and it's grown into a huge business down in South Mississippi, down in Jones County. So howardcomputers.com and our friends at Howard Technology Solutions. All right, after last week, Charlie, we came in here, and I was, like, so down. I was talking about the podcast I was listening to, and I started talking about the our thing. You and I are both listening to that, the Sammy the Bull Gravano. Yeah. And I had a lot of people this week reach out to me, whether it be a text or a tweet and email and say, hey, man, I'm listening to that. Now, let me tell you this. It is not for the faint of heart from a language standpoint. So if you're, you want to jump in there, just know, just it's some rough and tumble streets with Sammy the Bull. There's some rough and tumble streets with Sammy the Bull. But I also started thinking about... What was the quote you sent me this morning? I enjoyed that one. <laughs> we're not animals. We're professional hit men. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're not animals. Anyway, we, we have some class to us. We'll just take you out. But yeah, man. Oh, the other one you sent, though, was pretty good, too. We don't get drunk. Don't do drugs. The Mafia was just a professional company 
with the threat of violence instead of an HR department. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it kind of goes back to the whole thing about, you know, getting on a message board or on Twitter and nobody knows who you are. It's the threat of getting your butt whipped is what kind of keeps you away from doing things in the same way with the mafia. You know, it's not about taking you to HR. You kind of stay in line, I suppose. You, you, You stay in line. Had somebody rec- uh, recommend, and I've listened to this before, S-Town. Of course, that was in the, in Alabama. And I have still a proponent of Gone South, seasons one and two. I thought those were really good. The set was really good. Wolves Among Us. Yeah, I had somebody say they listened to Wolves Among Us. And uh, I think that was John Pyron said he listened to Wolves Among Us. I had somebody trying to sell me on the idea of some podcast with the Kelsey brothers. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, man, this whole Taylor Swift thing, is you want to talk about bad product. I just cannot get on board with Taylor Swift. And and I'll maybe I'll have the Swifties after me here. But I just the whole play on it they're trying to do on broadcast for a relationship that'll be over here in a couple of weeks after they all get there. Do you think it's real? Or do you think it's manufactured? Do you I think mean, it's the NFL trying to reach out to a, another genre? Perhaps. You think it's Taylor Swift trying to reach out to the Single male audience, because let's be honest, not many of us are listening to Taylor Swift. I would hope not, because it's bad music. Ooh, that's Charlie Winfield. No, I'll sign it, stamp it. No qualifications or reservations about that statement. All right, so the thing, okay, I I will say this. One of the podcasts that I did listen to a few years ago, and I have not jumped back on this, and, and I do not like anything that has any kind of angle. If it has anything to do with a political angle, I don't like to listen to it. Okay. The first season of Slow Burn, which was about Watergate, was really good. The second season was about the Clinton Lewinsky scandal and about Congress at that time. And the third season was about Biggie and Tupac, about the killings and of Biggie. We had some big news about that here recently. We had some arrest. They were talking about Tupac and uh, the Tupac, and I thought they were talking about the two teams, Western. Uh, Washington State and Oregon State. They're the only teams left out there. And Charlie looks at me with a blank stare. You worked all morning to come up with that one, and it still didn't work. No, it That's didn't. okay. Um, the other one, of course, the pinnacle of podcast is Hardcore History. Dan Carlin. And if you had to start somewhere, you're going to want to start with Blueprint for Armageddon. You're going to have to go to iTunes to download that. But Blueprint for Armageddon is the series – Five-part series. I think this thing's, I don't know, 10, 15 hours long in total about World War One, and it's fascinating. I listened to one of the hardcore histories like early, early. This would have been maybe, this is something that happened back in the times of Mesopotamia or whatever. I don't know. And I was so bored, I almost fell asleep as I was raking the yard and listening. No, you're going to. So, I, so I didn't listen to the right one. Blueprint for Armageddon. I'll put my name on that one. All right. Hey, appreciate you guys and hanging. by the way, not winning against Arkansas is a pretty good blueprint for Armageddon. we got to get we got to go on the road get a win. The good news, hey, are we going to take some time off this week? Are we going to have a midweek show? There will be no Friday no. deep dig. There will not be a Friday deep dig brought to you by Trax Plus. We will not have a Friday deep dig. We will not do a midweek show this week. We never do a midweek show on a week off. I like it. You know who just never takes a week off? And that's our good friends at Maroon and Company. I saw a lot of people yesterday at the game talking about talking to glass half full people yesterday. You wouldn't believe the number of people that walked up to me yesterday 
and says, hey, you like this state script shirt? You like this, this pullover, this three-quarter zip pullover? I got it at Maroon and Company. Did they use the code? They said they did, and they said it worked perfectly. They were like, man, it's almost like you guys are selling me on a product that worked. Go to left field, excuse me, go to Maroon and Company, maroonandco.com, or Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. It's right by Chick-fil-A. Use the promo code LEFTFIELD15. We're saving all kind of people all kind of money. And, of course, the next time you come to campus, which will be another month from now when we play Kentucky, that will be the throwback game. And so the interlocking MSU stuff, you want to make sure you wear some interlocking MSU stuff. So go to maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU. They've got a great selection in-store and online. And so go to Maroon and Company, maroonandco.com. Hey, we can't get out of here without touching on basketball for a minute. Uh, Some really big news this week, and it was not good. And that is that Tolu Smith has injured his foot. They hope to have him back SEC season-ish. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's going to be one of those things you got to see. Um, number one, I'd say this. I feel terrible for Tolu Smith. Um, by the way, just see, this was not an issue where somebody got tangled up with somebody. It, it was just a freak freak deal that could have happened in an empty gym. It just it just happened. He didn't, he didn't step on a photographer on a baseline. No, I mean, there's nothing anybody did wrong. It just one of those, something happened. Um, number one, I feel terrible for him. Tolu Smith is a guy that and, – and some people will kind of gig at me a little bit thinking I overvalue loyalty, and, and maybe I do, but I, I certainly appreciate loyalty. And uh, in my personal life, I think it's one of the biggest qualities that one can have. Tolu Smith had every opportunity in the world to leave here and, well, I don't want to say too much, but just to say a he had significant chances to leave here. And when I use significant. <laughs> you mean it more than one way. I mean significant opportunities. There were a lot of really big-time programs. But the guy wanted to come back. He wanted to be a part of Mississippi State. And the one thing about every one of these players that you talk to, they'll kind of give you the thing of, man, Jans is hard on me. But you know what? He's right. And I think that speaks to going back to the question I asked a little bit earlier about how Chris Jans can coach the way he does. I think it's because, number one, the players know he cares about him, And number two, they know he knows what he's talking about. And there's some, you know, they, they know they're getting better. I had a, a player tell me the other day of, Basically, the idea of I've learned more in the past month than I've learned in my whole life, and dang, that guy's hard on me. Uh, but he kind of equates the two, you know, because yeah. that's why. And so saying all that, I think his respect for Chris Jans brought him back here, his love for being here at Mississippi State and the state of Mississippi brought him back here. And so I feel bad for him. Secondly, I feel bad for us. I don't think this is a thing that's going to – this isn't the kind of thing that he was the team. You know, this isn't the Bulls losing Jordan. Right? Talking about Jimmy Bell, thank goodness we got Jimmy Bell. Boy, howdy. Uh, because what you've got now is, and this speaks to the depth that they've been able to build on this team, is Jimmy Bell Tolu? No. No, 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 no. But what he is is a competent, experienced, power five post player. A guy that could play for Bob Huggins. And if you can play for Bob Huggins, yeah. you can survive about anything. But it will impact this team. There's no question about it. And, you know, I think we were coming into this year thinking, hey, we need guards who can play well enough that it takes some of the pressure off of Tolu. 
Now you almost flip it around and, hey, we need Jimmy Bell to play well enough to take a little pressure off the guards. <laughs> but I think this is still going to be a good team. This is not a, a death blow. And if you get him back for that stretch run, it could have you back where you need to be. But it will change some things. But I just hate it. Yeah, I do too. It, is, it, it does, it does uh, sting a little bit. And I think we're going to be good in basketball. Now, I said before the season I thought we were going to be good in, in the sport we're playing right now. But I really do think we're going to be good in basketball. Hey, speaking of Jimmy Bell playing at West Virginia, the real, real side story. We talked about on Friday about how Central Michigan is maroon and gold and about how yesterday we played Western Michigan and they are brown and gold. And I asked the question, I wonder if there are any other rivals, because that, those are rivals. I wonder if there are any other rivals in sports, in college football or college sports, they're the rivals have the same primary, secondary color. And I asked this question yesterday. I was sitting upstairs. I was asking Bracky Brett this question. Bracky was like, hey, yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. And Allie Ware was sitting there, and Allie's like, I can't think of anything. And my daughter, who's 18, who is a sports junkie, all right, she looked at me. She says, West Virginia Pitt. They both have gold. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. So I was proud. I've got to give a shout-out to Ella Claire this morning. How close would you come to saying, because they're not the exact same. No, one's old gold. West Virginia is old gold, and Pitt is gold. All right, so now I was going to give you another one. And I don't even know that you would consider them primary rivals at this point, but a Florida and a Miami both have orange. Orange. Yeah. But it's not. Not the same orange. different oranges for sure. You know, and Bracky brought up the question yesterday. Is the SEC the only conference that does not have a team that has green in their primary colors? I think green is a bad primary color, by the way. The Detroit, or excuse me, the Green Bay Packers would disagree with me on that. But is green a great color? It's hard to do something with that, isn't it? It is hard to do something with green, especially the teams that wear the green bottoms and the green tops. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, enjoyed it. Good to see you as always. Enjoy your week off. We'll be back in here Sunday, next Sunday, for Sunday coffee. Won't we? We will be. We will be. We'll be back for Sunday coffee. We will not be here in the midweek. We will not be here for the Friday deep dig. So you guys take the week off. Get mentally prepared. We need all of you to beat Arkansas in two weeks. We need everybody (laughs) rowing the boat. Rowing the boat, PJ Flex style. (laughs) Rowing the boat. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us once again. Thanks to our good friends at Maroon & Company. Go to maroonandco.com. Type in left field 15 for the promo code. Of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Country pleasing sausage. Country pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. All those different varieties. It's uh, andouille time right now for the red beans and rice. Charlie likes to put the jalapeno cheddar in his red beans and rice. Of course, we had our two players that can smoke you by two brothers on Friday in the Friday deep dig. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com and see what they can do to make your business more efficient. Cannon Ford of Startville. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Once again, that service center is open 8 to 12 on Saturdays. And uh, during the midweek, we'll talk about Startwell.org, the Startwell CVB, a lot of things going on on here in Startwell. Got a month off to get the roads paved, Charlie, before we get our next home game when Kentucky comes calling the first week of November. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee. Hey, thanks to Cindy Tarsi, always listening to the show. So many different folks who come in on football game days and tell us they're listening. We appreciate all you guys. So thanks again. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.